Consequence Podcast Network. This episode brought to you by the following patrons. Karun, Sasha, Nick B, Tristan, Eric, Dave, Ori, Dylan, Isaac, Kate, Matt, Brandon, Scott, and Chris. And Chris and all the patrons want you to know that you are loved and you are welcome in this awesome horror virgin community. And if you want to hang out with all of us, join us in the Facebook group. And if you want to hear their continued shoutouts and the batshit insane story, that is the Patrioticals. Stay tuned at the end of the episode for that madness. <laughs> Man, I wish I had a funny musical punchline, but this soundtrack sucked compared to the first one. <laughs> <laughs> was trying to like have a female main character but then they just like also added a guy who's basically kurt russell in this movie uh (laughs) they tried yeah absolutely it was so blatantly almost him that for about half the movie i was like is it him you know how I know that you're not Kurt Russell? Where's your hat? Your earring. <laughs> it's stupid. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin, Todd, which means I don't like watching scary movies, but you guys literally forced me to. And this week you forced me to watch the 2011 prequel? Yeah. To the movie The, the Thing. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> It is a prequel, even though it's titled the exact same thing and has the exact same plot, correct? Yes, and I do have fun facts on why. Okay. The first title was The What? (laughs) (laughs) It honestly should have been called The Prelude to The Thing. I was kind of a little (laughs) mad that they didn't go alien route and call it The Things, because there are multiple. S with a dollar sign? Yeah. Because this (laughs) did feel sort of money grab-ish to me, although it didn't make it. So we'll talk about that later. But it felt like they were going for that. Yeah. And I do know going in, because we talked about it at the end of last week's episode, that none of us had seen this movie before. So, and I know. Yeah, none of us. And I know Paige and Mikey both love, love the thing. Even saying so much is that it may have been their favorite horror movie. And let yes. me just ask both of you this Do you still love the original thing after sitting through this one? This made me yeah. love the original more. Oh, yeah. me too. Yeah. So, I yeah. was very yeah. scared of the thing. And it's not that this movie isn't scary. We'll talk about that later. But I really appreciated what they did right in the original yes. The Thing after watching this. Does that make sense? Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. I think so. I watched this last night. You guys watched it this morning. Yes. And I texted you guys after I finished it. And I just said, I think the people who made this movie misunderstand what is so scary about the original. And I stand by that. Now, granted, that was before I went digging for some fun facts. And there may be some reasons why Interesting. Uh, okay. that we'll find out a little bit later. But I think the thing that the original does so, so well that this movie kind of fails at is that in the original, yes, there is a monster. Yes, there's amazing creature design. But what you really get down to is you do not know the person next to you. And that is the scariest thing of all. It is scary because it could be anyone. It's It's not a monolith. It's not a monster. I mean, it is. But the monster is the person you know. Right. And you cannot tell who it is. It's sort of like jaws in the sense of you don't really ever see the monster except like maybe four or five times it's shot in darkness for yeah, the yeah, most yeah. part yeah yeah the rest of the movie you're like oh my god is it keith david is mccready a yeah. monster now like you have yep. no idea who has become the monster right right well and i think another part of that movie people react realistically to that sort of paranoia 
Yes. And uh, a little bit lacking in this one as any sort of realistic reaction to anything going on. And I don't know, Mikey. I mean, there's that scene where Mary Elizabeth Winstead says, all right, it could be any of us. We all got to stick together. Now let's split up into groups and search the place. And they literally right? go off two by two. You're like, what? Did you not listen to what <laughs> you know. just said in she the last She just scene? said, don't be alone with, some, with one person. And, like, why don't go in groups of three? I, oh, I literally, as I was like watching it, I was just like, oh, great. Now they're fucking all infected. Like, what are you talking about? That's two by two. Like, what are you doing? We're not getting on Noah's Ark. What are you doing, you idiots? I also, <laughs> at, at a certain point, there are many, many parts of this film that very much echo and in some cases are almost verbatim scenes from the original movie. And it looks very much like they're going to get into what is, I would say one of the most classic scenes of the original movie. And then there's like a plot issue that kind of derails it. And the replacement they have for it at first, I was like, really? Come on. Like, this is how we're checking. Right. Then I sort of like that. I like it now too, because I read some extra shit and it actually makes a huge difference. So we will get into that later in the movie. Cool. I really liked that they went super lo-fi with the test. I thought that that was cool. So here's my first thoughts. I hate it. (laughs) I understand that, Mikey. I understand that. Yeah. I don't hate it because it's bad. I mean, it's like a mediocre horror film, I think at best. Yes, I would 100% agree. It's fine. But it takes... A film that is not only my favorite horror film, it's like one of my favorite movies of all time because it's so yes. well written and well acted yes. and the soundtrack's great. Yes. And it just makes a really shitty version of that. Oh, and I hate the CGI, which I, I read. So I saw the trailers when it was coming out and I was like, oh my God, I'm such a... F- this is what I have three pages of like notes Okay, on. so I saw the trailer and I was like, all oh, the city CGI. Then news started coming out of like, oh, they filmed a whole movie with practical effects and yes. the studio made them redo it with it, the CGI. They painted what? over practical effects with CGI in this damn movie what yes i have so many notes on it the studio ruined this movie like it already was a little bit doomed from the start but the studio ruined this movie okay let's table this and tell fun facts because i want to hear the in-depth version of this story yes but yeah that's super interesting i just know the broad strokes of it i'm really looking forward to hearing about it also i i have a kind of a strong dislike for prequels anyway because i know like where i know where we're gonna end which is the helicopter shooting at the dog yes and then so like, also, I still don't know what happened with Mary Elizabeth Winston. Is she alive or dead or where is she? I think she's fully dead. Yeah. But I mean, we'll, we'll get to it. But I see, I kind of like prequels for that reason. That's why I liked uh, Rogue One, because I was like, this puts the pieces together. Well, Rogue One is so good. Rogue One is the best Star Wars movie ever made. I will fight you if you say otherwise. Oh, it's ever. so good. I'm not going to say ever, but it is fantastic. Well, I just got confused at the how it led to the, the original movie because I'm like, Who's that helicopter? Who's that guy? Why is that guy still alive? Well, I do know what that helicopter is. And for a hot second when it closed on the credits, I thought they weren't going to get to it. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, they just ruined (laughs) the ending of this movie? And then the credits rolled and we get pieces of it. And I'm like, oh, my God, no. Okay, this does make sense. And that little bit made me happy. But it's because that's the original ending they shot and had to fight to get it in the movie. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I'm not kidding. The studio ruined this movie. Okay. Like, it may not have been amazing before, but it definitely was bad when they were done. I compare it to, like, the Ghostbusters remake, which I thought was a decent comedy. Right. But 
I love the original Ghostbusters for way different reasons that made the, the new movie a decent comedy. It had nothing to do with women in the cast or anything. It was just like a whole different tonal movie. And it took out all the elements I loved from the first one and kind of just like threw them at the wayside. I didn't have any real strong feelings about the original. It's fine, I mm-hmm. guess. Are we talking Ghostbusters? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But this is why Todd said he like likes this movie because he doesn't have strong feelings for the first one. Well, it's not that I like this movie. I still sort of hated this movie because it scared the shit out of me. And we'll talk about that when we get the scary scale and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I loved the first one. I think the first one's much better. But I liked yeah. some of the stuff they did with this one. Like the lo-fi test was kind of cool. I liked those elements. But there are things I didn't like about this like it's a prequel but it's beat for beat the same movie as the first one absolutely that doesn't make any sense to me right yep you know we already have this movie yeah in my mind i don't need another version of this movie shot in 2011 but i mean i love mary elizabeth winstead she's a great job i love that we've got a, not another teen movie star in this movie or whatever that guy's <laughs> name is <laughs> yeah, so, like, yeah. there are things i really really enjoy about this i like that it starts off like the movie atlantis on some level yeah I did think the snowmobile falling on the ice was really stupid. And that's how I started the movie. I mean, before I, started. <laughs> I mean, we, we should just get into this movie because uh, otherwise Mikey's going to spoil the whole plot before we start. Yeah, we should get in the fucking movie. You're right. First of all, one of the things I noticed is they use the old Universal logo. Yeah, the one they used in the original one. Yeah, the one they used in the original. But then the very next production company just used a new one. <laughs> so she's like, why'd you do that? Like, I get what Universal was trying to do, but like... What? We open on the frozen tundra and we do have the same font as the original for the credits. So it's very, very much echoing the original. Yes. We get a title card that says Antarctica winter 1982. A snowcat moves across the tundra. Inside, the Norwegian crew makes conversation. They're tracking a signal across the tundra. At one point, they tell a really long rambling joke about a guy... (laughs) having sex with his grandmother no no Paige, you gotta pay attention it's a guy having sex with his wife and then his son right. comes in and sees him having sex with his wife and this kid freaks and then out has sex with his grandmother did i miss anything todd he doesn't actually have sex with her he's just like humping her or whatever and to which the grandmother does not stop him for some reason and then the dad walks in and is disgusted and the son says well it's not so funny when it's your mom i'm not saying it's a funny joke but you gotta it's not, get it but right. But he definitely has sex with his grandmother. <laughs> like that's the implication <laughs> of that joke. It's a weird way to start a movie. Yeah, listen, I'm not super into incest jokes, but this guy loves them. Whoever wrote this movie. Here's the thing: funny punchline. The joke does land, so he knew his audience. But it's a real strange way to bring us into this movie. Yeah, the whole thing is setting up like there's the driver, there's the I guess co-pilot of that thing, yeah. and then there's like the, the radio engineer in the back listening to the signal right right and he gets them right over the signal and says we're here or whatever yeah, we're he right says. on top of it yeah it's norwegian so it, i don't know what it is but that's the subtitle i read right right and then they just go crashing through the i guess top layer of ice and snow and i literally turned to natalie and said oh all those guys are dead now thank you yeah and that was not. what i thought and they're not uh, so <laughs> they they crash through the ice they get stuck into like a crevasse Yes. And where they get like wedged between two things of ice. Yeah. They turn on the lights, illuminating an alien vessel in the darkness below. Now, the only reason I think they survive is because they did have climbing gear in the snowcat. And if they climbed down and walked across the top of the ship, this crevasse is not how we get to the ship throughout the rest of the movie. There's another dugout entrance. So I think 
they probably helped dig that entrance out. Yeah, I think they may have dug that entrance out to get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, or they could have used the radio to call the base and then they come save right. them. I mean, it's I a very convoluted way to introduce the spaceship. When the thing crawled out of the spaceship and then like gets frozen on top of the ice, they could have taken the tunnel that the thing crawled out of and been like, oh, there's a tunnel here right underneath this ice. Well, I think the implication is that it's been frozen for thousands of years. A hundred thousand years. Yeah, we don't know how yeah. long the thing has been out of it right okay i have a lot of issues with the timeline here and the fact that the ship is still operational but the thing decided to leave the vessel and get frozen in the ice i have notes on that okay because i thought that was real dumb that's a huge section of story that the studio cut out of this movie no shit okay okay i need a director's cut of this movie page watching it initially i was like it's pretty mediocre it's basically just beat for beat it's the thing yeah. And then I went through and did fun facts and I was reading all of this stuff and I was like, I need a director's cut of this movie. What the hell? Like this was a completely different movie. Yeah. I would like to just watch it with the practical effects. I would too. Because it looks dumb. Well, some of the worst effects are covering up story points that they decided to recut around. That's what's so bonkers. <laughs> like I'm so mad right now. It's madness. So they discover the ship and we get credits. We cut to Columbia University where we have camera scope footage of an examination of what looks like a saber toothed tiger. I did find some notes online that said it was like a prehistoric bear. Yeah, I thought she was just giving a bear a colonoscopy. Yeah, I mean, I found (laughs) some notes that say tiger, some that say bear. Oh my. Yeah, oh my. (laughs) One note says it's the set piece from the original thing for the dog that it's a portion of the dog piece and it's one of the few practical effects they left in the movie but i couldn't find proof for that i only found like one or two people noting that so i don't know if that's real it's supposed to be a prehistoric animal Fair so enough. it's Mary Elizabeth Winstead scoping out this bear's butt and in walks who I thought originally was her boyfriend, but is not romantically linked to her at all. As we find out, I also like that there wasn't a love story in this. That's because she insisted. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got notes on that, too. Awesome. Not, well, I'm not kidding. A fully different movie occurred. And then this movie happened. <laughs> oh, that makes my heart hurt. I yeah. Know. So it's one of the research assistants for one of the doctors at the university, Dr. Halverson, who is played by not Rise Darby. Yeah, it's not <laughs> him, but it might as well be. It might as well be. It looks exactly like him. Nearly all of the actors are native Danes or Norwegians so that they could improv in their native language. That's awesome. So that's that's why most of them are truly Norwegian. So uh, we find out that Mary Elizabeth Winstead specializes in vertebrate paleontology and that she has previously extracted things from ice. They need her to come with them to Antarctica because, as Dr. Halverson said, an old friend of mine found something 48 hours ago, and it's quite remarkable. There's a structure and a specimen, and that's all I can tell you. I need an answer right now. Yeah. And she's in, but first he has to defeat her seven evil specimens. It's <laughs> 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 a real dumb joke. I'm sorry. I, know, I got it. I got it. I liked it. I guess that's a uh, Scott Pilgrim joke. Have you never seen Scott You've Pilgrim? You've never seen Scott Pilgrim? I, this is going to break your heart. I saw it once. Didn't like it. 
you're wrong and I hate you. I may be, I may be wrong. I, I remember seeing it at the end of a relationship. Does that make sense? Oh, oh, then that would a hundred percent color the way you feel about that film. And also <laughs> like I went and saw it with that person as our relationship was ending. So like, I, I do feel like I should give it another clean chance. Absolutely. I remember walking away from that movie. Like, Oh, I hate my life. <laughs> So Adam doesn't know what is happening, but his boss is excited. He won't tell her anything either. Yeah. And she agrees to go. So they go to Antarctica where the helicopter pilot is Joel Edgerton doing his best Kurt Russell impression. <laughs> and also, I don't think I've ever liked Joel Edgerton in any movie he's ever been in. Wait, really? He plays dicks in like every movie. No. Did you see? Is it the not the fighter? The warrior. Warrior. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He's good in that. I like he yeah. was likable, but usually he's like re- he, he's like a bad dude and he like plays it well. Yeah, I think he's a good actor. Who was the guy in Titanic who was like the bad guy? Billy Zane. He's like a Billy Zane. Like, I'm just like, ooh, I hate that guy. (laughs) I love Billy Zane. Have you not seen Sniper? Come on. I ate his pita bread one time. Okay, what? (laughs) (laughs) Is this a euphemism for something? No, uh, no, he came into my store when I worked at the Grove, and he had leftovers, and he left them, and we held on to them because it was pretty close to the end of the night, and we figured maybe he'd come back for them. He didn't. So we closed the store and then we just like collectively surrounded them at the cash register and we're like, who wants to eat Billy Zane's pita bread? And we all just like <laughs> quietly <laughs> ate Billy Zane's pita bread at the cash register. So sorry oh, if you wanted you... that pita bread, <laughs> Billy. <laughs> it's just because Joel Edgerton was Buchanan and Great Gatsby. So I just saw like, I yeah. saw Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. you're right. I haven't seen Great Gatsby in forever, but he is a consummate asshole in that movie. Yes. Yeah. But he's good. He's a good actor. I mean, when he's not just asked to impersonate Kurt Russell. <laughs> when he's not trying to, like, steal Kurt Russell's soul. Uh, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Um, he asks Mary Elizabeth Winstead for a newspaper because he wants to know how the Cleveland Cavaliers are doing. And spoiler, <laughs> not great. <laughs> yeah. And he tells her that whatever they're doing at the base, they want to wrap it up because there's a nasty storm in a few days and they're going to want to get out of there. Now, at this point in the movie, he is clearly impersonating Kurt Russell and he's a helicopter pilot. Yeah. And so for a hot second, I was like, is this supposed to be McCready? Is McCready (laughs) dropping her off for some reason? Oh, that would have been cool. That actually would have been very cool. If he had never come back in the movie, like if he had dropped them off and we never yeah. see him again, that would have been awesome. But and that's, that's how he knows happened. where it is. Yeah. And that's how he knows where it is. And that's how he knows to go check on them. And honestly, they could have got Kurt Russell to film that because that man has not aged a day since 81. He looks amazing. They could have done, well, if they were doing this present day, they would have done the like Tupac hologram Kurt Russell and I would have still been here for it. Oh yeah, I'd have been here for it. So, but this is not supposed to be McCready. This is supposed to be somebody else. It's supposed to be McCarter. McCarter flying helicopters, dying and doing all the stuff. McCarter, he wears a stupid earring, but it gives him away. Sorry. (laughs) You see like a sky pirate. <laughs> McCarter's a sky pirate. McCarter. <laughs> um, here's what I think because they, costume wise, attitude wise, he's so close to Kurt Russell. Yes, he is. That you could have just gone the extra mile, fixed his hair, gave him a little more stubble, and then he is Kurt Russell. And give him the hat. Give him the hat, not a. Give him the hat. Yeah. Give him the hat, and and make him 
the like the pilot that flies them out there and then doesn't come back and like make it a bit roll because that to me linked the movies better and it wasn't until later in the movie when he's like back and involved i'm like wait so there's just another american that's exactly like kurt russell that's not kurt russell what is happening there's also sort of a keith david too yes exactly i thought here's the thing i thought for a hot second it was kurt russell and keith david and i was just like oh my god they're in it and then like they're not but like the characters are in it they're dropping them off but then they're back and i'm like clearly it's two different characters exactly like the characters we know yeah which is real strange it is they land they all get off the helicopter and they go to the site immediately so they all pile into another snowcat they arrive at the dig site where there's already like two other snowcats there and they walk through the interior of a super cool ice cave yeah i just have a note because we know that it's 48 hours since the initial discovery when did they have time to do all this work? So I know. And there's like eight of them. They could have gotten yeah. some stuff done. But the fact that it's two days later, it's not like they could be excavating the entire top of that. That would have taken a week at least. Yes. And and like a whole team because the interior is like smoothed out ice like a glacier. Yes. And they've got like a rope for like an arm rest like as you climb yes, down into yes. it. Yes. It looks like they're already giving tours of it. Like it's really crazy. They've got it OSHA approved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So the one thing that this movie does that the original doesn't do, at least until like halfway through the movie, with the exception of that opening shot, this movie is like it's aliens from day one. Everyone knows it's aliens. There's no doubt that it's aliens. It's aliens. Yeah. Whereas the original, they're like, we don't know what the fuck it is. And then later they find the ship and they're like, oh, shit, it's aliens. Right. If somebody found an alien and they were like, we have the ship, we have the body, it's an alien, come see the alien, no one is nearly excited enough. No one is freaked out enough. Everyone's just kind of like, yeah, it's an alien, of course we're going to dissect it. And I'm just like, what are you, what? There's a ship in the ice. Does this not upset your entire world? What is happening? And no one cares about the spaceship. Yeah. No, like they're like, fuck the spaceship. We just want to get drill inside this creature. Oh my goodness. Like where's the engineers that are going to look at the space? Like they have a they have technology. Yeah, why is it not a swarm of FBI like men in black level or at least the sweetest version? Yeah, there it would be. It'd be a bunch of dudes in tactical suits, like, either killing or wiping the memories of everyone at that base. (laughs) I don't understand understand why they're just interested in the biology. Like, it's just a bunch of biologists. Like, we're going to look at the aliens. Here's the thing. That that is the most interesting part. Because a ship is crazy, but the fact that there is potentially still a life form is crazier. So I do get that. They're both equally crazy. Because that's a spaceship which would have, like, technology that doesn't exist here. Yeah, guys, they have Minecraft water on that ship. (laughs) (laughs) Again, that's covering up an actual uh, practical effect. Uh, Oh, my God. Yeah, so they do address that they think the ship is hundreds of thousands of years old, at least 100,000 years, which to me, if I was looking at that ship and was like, oh, it's 100,000 years old, everything's dead inside it, we're just going to basically have to loot the ship and see what's, you know, what's up. Yeah. But the fact that they find an organism after that long, I think is why that's where they focus. But still, it's just not written correctly because literally this would be like people's minds would be blown that we have a ship and an alien 
Also, you're not paying me enough to alien excavate. So listen, we're going to get in a different crew here that you're going to pay correctly or you're bumping my pay way up. Like, I don't understand why people don't just leave immediately. I would have left immediately when they found that shit. I'd have been like, hey, McCarter, let's go. You wouldn't think it's alive. I think that's the mistake everyone makes is they're like, oh, it's clearly dead. Right. We're just we're just doing an autopsy. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're probably right. That's a rookie mistake. That, exactly. Thank you, Mikey. I would have left immediately. They clearly didn't see the first movie. <laughs> I know. Have you guys not seen the movie that this is named after? <laughs> you should, because Kurt Russell's great in it's it. It's great. He's a lot like Carter, but if Carter was awesome. He's like hotter Carter. <laughs> Carter's like, I'm right here. <laughs> I also we have know. a flamethrower for some reason that we didn't explain. So... Edward, who's one of the techs at the Norwegian base, basically says, let me show you why you flew 10,000 miles. Yeah. The ship is massive. Yes. Uh, this is where you find out that they think it's been there for 100,000 years. And they picked up a distress call from it. That's the signal. And they think that distress call was triggered when the survivor exited the craft. Which for me is like, so was it in the ship for 100,000 years and then exited? Or did it exit and that signal's been going for 100,000 years and only just now technology can pick it up? Doesn't explain. It doesn't explain, but that is a question I had. Yeah, I had that question too. Like, did the alien come out of the ship seven years ago? Or yeah. did he come out of the ship 100,000 years ago and it's been there forever and the signal's been going off forever? Right. I thought it was 100,000 years ago. Same. I did too. Like, why even say it? Like, don't even like just be like, the signal's been going on since the crash, probably. Fun fact, this was an original story point that gets removed. Uh, so I will tell you I have an answer to this later. Okay, cool. They find the thing encased in ice, and it's kind of unclear as to what it is or what shape it's in. We do see, like, specifically that it has horns. Now, the one thing that this movie also never addresses in notes or anything is if this is the thing's true form or if this was just another form it took on. Yeah, so I figured it was not its true form and it, it is whatever planet it was at before, it looks a lot like those life forms. That's what I think too. I have uh, something I noticed that I think agrees with you. I okay. That was where I was too. Yeah, okay. They ask Mary Elizabeth Winstead how long it'll take to get it out, and she basically says, assuming you have the right equipment, we could get it out in half a day. And so they kind of close up on what look like horns. Um, later, we'll find out that they're pinchers. It's very crabby. It's very crabby. It's like a crab spider slug. Yeah. So they take the ice back and they're examining it and kind of cutting it down into a smaller piece in theory to transfer it back to America, which like, thank goodness, right? <laughs> like that that doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, Mary Elizabeth Winstead sees to that. Yeah. She's like, hey, the guy of Game <laughs> from Game of Thrones is here. I think I'm just going to, you know. Yeah, I think I'm going to hang out with him. <laughs> yeah. Tormund is here. Tormund wants to climb me like a tree. So, <laughs> 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 so Dr. Halverson tells everyone to stay off the radio because he doesn't want any information getting out. Which is ridiculous. I would be calling everybody. Yeah. This is also where we meet Lars, who's one of the few people at the base who doesn't understand English and is playing with the dog from the first movie. I mean, not the same dog. Right. It's the same looking dog, though. So they basically say that they think the ship crashed into a glacier and climbed out and wanted to find someplace warm and didn't find it and died. Right. So we cut to that night. Everyone's sleeping except for Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who's looking up at the skies and basically is just saying we'll never look at them the same again which i was like finally somebody is like oh my god there's aliens that changes everything <laughs> like, well that one guy that one guy did a toast he's like we found a fucking alien <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
Oh, and they do have that conversation of, I always thought aliens existed. I never thought aliens yeah. existed. That whole thing, right? They do sort of talk about that on some level, but it is not really a lot. No, and, and I think this is, this might very much be a personal thing that I'm projecting onto this movie. Yeah. But I love the original. I love Alien. I love Independence Day. So, yeah. like, my personal beliefs on if we find an alien is fucking run. Like, they are yes. here to kill us, run away. And the fact that when in movies people are like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. I'm so excited that there's aliens. I'm always just like, what's wrong with you? If COVID has taught me anything, <laughs> is that people are going to have wildly different reactions to this serious things. This is fair. Things. This oh, is fair. Yeah. You yeah. are right. So we cut to the next day, and they're hauling the block of ice back. They haul it past Carter and Jameson. Yeah. Who are the McCready and Keith, Keith David, David. in? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they get it into the room where they're going to examine it. And Dr. Halverson wants to take a tissue sample. And Mary Elizabeth Winstead is like, do you think that's a good idea? We've got unpredictable conditions. It's not sterile. And he basically is like, nah, just get a drill. And so they drill into it. Well, and he takes her into the hallway and is like. Oh, he's the worst. He is he's the, the worst. worst. Yeah. And later in the movie, when he gets killed the way he gets killed, she's just like, I, I think that was that dude. I hated that guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. She doesn't say that last part, but you could tell she's like, yeah, I didn't give a she shit She does about not that go guy. after him to save him. No, she's like, she, he's on, on no his level. own. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is ultimately his fault, though. So, like, I think that's yeah. a good call by Mary Elizabeth Winstead. So they drill into it. They take a small tissue sample off the drill. Everyone's kind of hanging out afterwards celebrating. This is where we get the, like, we found an alien. And it's the Norwegians and Carter and Jameson. And at this point, I was like, it can't be McCready and Keith David, because then they would know about the alien, which means that it's just people that look exactly like them. Like, what's happening? What's happening is someone said, hey, we should do a prequel to the thing that takes place at the Norwegian base. And then the people at the studio or who make that decision on whether it gets greenlit says, but you don't have the two characters that anyone care about, Keith David and McCready. And they were like, right. well, we could just put them in, I guess. So just call them different people. <laughs> and yeah, they were I like, guess. well, should we call them like Keith and Mick Carter? And be like, nah, take off the Mick. Everything else is fine. Yeah. I think uh, if they were going to do Mary Elizabeth Winston as like the main character, they should have stuck with her a little bit more. Yeah. Like, like a little bit more with it. Because I, I mean, she did feel like Ripley from Aliens sometimes, but then sometimes it was just like, we just like go on weird tangents. And I guess that happened in the original thing, but it was just better. No, I would say we have a clear view of who the quote unquote hero is in the original. Right. You know, and in this movie, we they set it up that it's going to be Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And I think that was the original intent. And in a lot of notes, they did try to base her off Ripley because I would say Alien and the original thing are kind of similar movies. They just, you yeah. know, take place different places. And so I think, again, their original intent was for her to be the main character and for her to be the Ripley and be the badass. And at some point along the line, I think you're right, where they were like, but there's no Kurt Russell. <laughs> like, people <laughs> yeah. love Kurt Russell. Let's put somebody who's not Kurt Russell in it and tell him to pretend to be Kurt Russell. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, as they're celebrating, the ice is melting and Griggsy, who's one of the Americans, goes out to the helicopter to get 
um, more alcohol and Jameson walks down the hall, sees the dog trying to get out of its cage, which in the original dogs sense the thing before any of the people do. You know, it's it's like an earthquake where they're just like, something's not right. And people don't know, you know, dogs don't speak English. So they can't warn anybody. Right. So he walks past the dog freaking out. He gets into the room with the ice block and he puts his hands down on it and looks inside as he does one of the Norwegians pops up and surprises him from behind and he screams. We get a beat of silence <laughs> before the thing bursts up from the ice and through the roof. And somehow no one hears this. Well, <laughs> the other people don't hear it. Yeah, they're the, playing music and drinking. Yeah, they're drunk already. But I'm sorry. Something crashed through the roof. <laughs> So this scene I hated so much because the first jump scare is literally just a guy yelling boo and it's like loud and and obtrusive. And I was like, what the fuck? And that scared the shit out of me. And then like three, I don't know, and that's probably like 10 seconds after that. That's when you get the thing crashing out of the ice and then going through the roof. Right. And that scared the shit out of me. I just hated everything about this scene. Although this is really the only jump scary part of the movie. The rest of it's just like really messed up body horror that really got me. Yeah, this is a very body horror heavy movie. Yeah. I would say I was kind of surprised to see the thing jump out of the ice. This is my central problem with this movie. And I think it's something that the CGI doesn't hurt or fix and the original story doesn't hurt or fix. But this movie has no subtlety when it comes to this creature. Right. Yes. Th- this creature is at a 10 immediately. And when that thing crashes out of the ice, I'm just like, oh, we're doing this? They just are going to immediately know that there's well, a thing. And in the creature in the first movie wasn't like, I'm going to hunt you in my creature form. It was like, I'm going to slowly infect everyone. Right. And I don't have to worry about being this big creature that jumps through a roof. I can just, you know prick some guy's finger and like 20 minutes yes. later I've ate his body yeah which which is what I think the difference is at least for me and it's been a long time since we watched the thing and I have not seen the original since then because I don't like scary movies and I would not watch them if we weren't on this podcast I don't remember the thing in the original being super hell-bent on killing them so much as it was just assimilating everyone there right yes yeah, yeah. so it only really kills them when they're trying to find it or kill it yes and then it attacks yes and I felt like like this one was on the hunt from Jump Street. Yes. Now, yeah. some people have argued that the reason it's on the hunt from Jump Street in this movie is that it learns to be stealthy for the next movie. And I'm like, that's bullshit. Yeah, I mean, I, I could definitely see that take, but I don't think a creature that does this naturally would need to be taught that, right? Right, and yeah. it's supposed to go from planet to planet. Exactly. So it have already learned to be yeah. stealthy. Well, and, and I think for me, I was just like, we gave these characters no chance to develop and suspect each other. Right. They immediately know there's a monster. They immediately know there's danger. They're immediately paranoid, although for some reason they don't listen to Mary Elizabeth Winston at one point. But like, there's no point at which they're like, I don't know, it seems kind of weird, but nothing's crazy yet. Like, with the original, you get like, they take the dog in, everything seems normal, but then the dogs are messed up, and they shoot it, and they're just like, what the fuck was that? And in this, it's like, oh, it's immediately an alien, we know it crashed through the ceiling. 
Yeah, but I mean, I will say that there is that scene that we're going to come up to where they are sort of suspecting each other. Right. And I did feel like they were trying to go for the tone of the entire movie, the original The Thing. In one scene. Yeah, yeah and it should have been yeah. that the whole time, you know? That, and that's what makes the first one so scary. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's move on because we'll get there. We'll talk about it when we get there. So they spread out to find it. They're like, let's go outside and look for it. Yeah, and I was absolutely. like, what? Why? Why would we do this? Again, if I'm a scientist, and I'm there to like look at core samples which is really just sort of drilling down looking at sheets of ice and then going home I'm not going to say oh yeah what we should do is hunt down this alien that jumped out of ice that's been trapped in for 100,000 years and here's the thing it's like they don't know it's dangerous yet it hasn't killed what? anybody no! what they did jump through the fucking roof it's dangerous hear me out it didn't attack any of them yet Oh, no. You know, so it's running and it's a huge animal. Now, Paige, if I came over to your apartment and I jumped through your roof, you'd be like, kill this motherfucker right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 okay. First off, in these couple scenes, it looks like a giant dung beetle. Well, we haven't gotten up close to it yet. That's the thing. Nobody's seen it up close. It's just crashed through the, the roof. So it could just be gone and not their problem anymore. Right. But I think the reason they go after it is because they know there's the Russian base close by. There's the American base close by. If it gets to either one of those bases, A, their secret's out, and B, they don't know what it'll do. So they got to find it. They can't bank on it dying in the snow because clearly that doesn't kill it. But you don't have to go search for it. That's my thing. Like This is when I would radio for help. A hundred percent, yes. And I think the only reason they don't is Dr. Halverson being like, don't tell people we have an alien. So they start searching the grounds by flashlight. The Americans search the helicopter, which looks like it's been left open. Yes. Because one of them had gone in there to get alcohol out of it, right? Because right? Mary Elizabeth yeah. Winston had asked if there was anything better to drink. Besides cough syrup, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they were shooting NyQuil, I guess. I don't know. That's why that door was open. They, I think they were shooting Norwegian liqueur, which it was. is usually made of caraway seeds or licorice. <laughs> They approach the helicopter, but it's a fake out. There's nothing there. Yeah. Another group approaches the dog cages and the dog is gone with just a bloody streak in its place. Made me sad. Made me sad too. Yeah. But I mean, we honestly knew that was coming because we know yeah. that's the dog that runs. That is the thing. So we, we knew that, but it still made me sad. Then another group is searching outside. Yeah. They hear something and they look under one of the buildings. They shine their lights. It's fully under that building. And at this point, it looks part bug, but also it's got like, kind of slug-like features. It's very body horror. It's very visceral yeah. and gross. Yeah. It's like if Sebastian the Crab was a slug and didn't sing. Yeah. <laughs> and as they're looking at it, it shoots a tentacle out through Henrik's chest. Yeah. Which we've never seen a thing do before, by the way. This is the first no, time we've right. seen it do, and it, for some reason, forgets how to do it in the first movie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, remember that super effective thing I did just at the last base? I don't want to do that again. No, thanks. I'm going to come in here like Hitman. It's almost like he's got a grappling hook and just like hooks people and like brings them back. So he kills Henrik. Like starts to eat him. Yeah. And then the other guy who was with Henrik, I can't remember his name. Olav. But he got blood all over his face. And I was like, oh, there's no way that guy is not a thing right now or going to be turned into a thing because we know on a like molecular level it'll turn you on that level right yes yeah, so it yeah. doesn't matter if it 
kills you. If, if it gets its blood in you, you're dead. So they're shooting at it. And Dr. Halverson is like, don't ruin my specimens. What a dick. He's such a dick. Uh, so doesn't matter. They don't listen to him. They blowtorch it. Like you should. They blow up the building it's under. And it seems to be dead, maybe. And we cut back to the base where the medic is treating Olav, the guy yeah. who got sprayed with blood. And all of Henrik's friends are really sad. Like, it seemed like they all really yeah. liked him a lot. He seemed like a great guy. He was delicious. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mike, you have to talk to you about the podcast immediately. <laughs> he lived, no, 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 Todd, he lived deliciously. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Wouldst yeah. thou like to live deliciously? And Henrik was like, yeah. So we cut to Dr. Halverson, who's basically like, hey, we need to examine the remains before it disintegrates. And people are like, a guy is dead, man. Like, hey, everybody calm down. We need to give it a beat and call everybody to get here immediately. And he's like, no, no, no. I mean the monster. And we're like, we know, dude. Yeah. You realize Heinrich is inside the monster, right? Right. You realize we thought it was dead once. At this point, Dr. Halverson pretty much becomes worse than the monster. Yeah. Which is such a cliche. I hate that cliche. Like, oh, we must get the specimen. Who cares about the lives of the people? Yeah, I've got all these Barbasol cans that I need to fill. And they do (laughs) kind of call him on it where they're like, it didn't work well last time you examined the specimen. Yeah. Asshole. Yeah, like this is your fault because it is. Yeah, Mary Elizabeth Warren's dead warned you about that, but you just had to drill that monster. (laughs) Just like my friends tell me. (laughs) She's not a monster. Her name is just Becky. Uh, So (laughs) Carter walks in. And says that Olav is in really bad shape and they're going to fly him back to the military hospital. And when they get there, they're going to tell everyone the truth as crazy as it sounds. So now there's like a ticking time helicopter. Yes. (laughs) When they get there, the truth is out. It doesn't matter. They could call whoever they want. Now, they go back into the burned corpse of the thing. Yes. And it looks like kind of up close. I mean, yes, spider slug crab, but it also has a lot of the features of like a dung beetle where it's got giant pinchers and it's also got uh, very insect-like arms. And so it made me wonder if perhaps it had assimilated a prehistoric bug and that's the form that it has taken. Oh, that's a cool idea. But we don't know its original form. Anyway, they use poultry shears to open up the exoskeleton. (laughs) Uh, And he makes Mary Elizabeth Winstead help him dissect it. Uh, As they go through its entrails, they find what they think is the partially digested body of Henrik, but what is actually probably a new body of Henrik being incubated inside because it's Henrik's face and the tissue looks almost new. And they basically think that it was absorbing him, but we find out later that it was probably replicating him. Yeah. Griggsy runs into, we don't, her name is Juliet, but we don't get much from her in the movie because she's one of the first people to go. But Griggsy finds her in the hallway. She's crying about Henrik. We think that maybe they had some sort of uh, relationship. I don't know. At least one time. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you're up in the snow. Mm -hmm. We cut back to (laughs) the lab where they pull out a titanium plate. That's it's something you would use for broken bones. We reveal that Henrik had a plate and now it's out. Yeah, he because he had broken his arm. Yes, it was in his arm holding his bones together. Yeah. But when they look at his body inside, his arm appears whole. 
Like nothing's wrong with it. Yeah, like because it's not really Heinrich. It is a copy of Heinrich. It is a copy of Heinrich. But this is also the first time we get the the information that the thing can replicate people and biological information. It can't replicate extra stuff. It's like the time machine and Terminator. Yes. Where it's like only yeah. organic matter. Right. So that's why the plate is inside it. But it's it wouldn't have been on modern day Henrik, you know, once he finished replicating him. Right. They take a look at Henrik's tissue under a microscope to find out what it was doing to him. And they realize that the tissue they have is still very much alive. And the organism, the animal, is still very much alive and it's taking over his cells and imitating them. Mary Elizabeth Winstead at this point is like, oh, this isn't dead because these cells aren't dead. Well, yeah, because they're like looking at it through a microscope, her and the guy who yeah. was probably in Not Another Teen Movie. Right. They're like looking at it and they're sort of figuring out what's going on on a, on a biological level and they see that the cells that are alien are spiky and stuff and they attack the regular cells and then just become those cells. Right. And she, because she's smart, knows immediately what's going on and then she shows it to the other guy the not another team movie guy and he is like well i don't know what that means you know i i'm only here for my looks i have no idea what's going on (laughs) well the thing that frustrates me about that because she you're right clearly understands what's going on yeah at no point does she like run back to the lab and be like it's still alive get rid of it like burn it now kill it with fire well (laughs) we already tried fire doesn't kill it like fire does kill it fire does kill it but it takes a lot but it doesn't because they burned this one and the cells are still alive so it doesn't kill it it kills her in the next movie he gets weaker to fire as the movies go on i i don't know it incapacitates it we know that at least yes but at least this one that we have in the lab is not dead or at least henrik inside him still has live cells right and the fact that she doesn't immediately go sprinting back to the lab like it's still alive get it the fuck out of here i was like (laughs) because we cut to the next scene is the next day i was like how did you sleep how did you sleep knowing that what's wrong with you yeah how are they not immediately leaving like that's what bothers me the most about these types of movies how are we not all getting on these helicopters i mean thank goodness we didn't for what we find out later but like yeah, yeah yeah So Carter and Griggs are going to leave and take Olav to the military base locally so he can see a doctor. Yeah. Carter tells her he'll be back as soon as they can. And Olav looks bad. They're loading him into the helicopter. And I was like, I'm pretty sure Olav's a thing. I thought he was too. I hate this scene. So they, they load up into the helicopter. Kate, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, goes to the bathroom where she sees fresh blood on the ground and picks up what at first looked like teeth or chunks of tissue. We find out what they are in just a couple minutes. Yeah. She checks her own teeth, but no, they're there. Then she sees the shower is full of blood and she walks over to it and I'm like, girl, run. Like, blood shower. Get out. I know. And why are you touching it? Like, knowing what you know about the blood and if it gets in your blood, you're fucked. Why are you even picking up the fillings? I don't care if she gets a a tissue. Like, no, don't touch anything, you idiot. Well, and, okay, cabin fever headcanon. This is a base (laughs) in the middle of Antarctica, which means that they're probably reusing and recycling water. Yeah, I would assume. That blood's in the fucking water, man. Yeah. Everyone's going to get infected. Yeah, you can't drink anything. Like, it's done. Yeah. She runs out to the helicopter and tries to flag them down. Carter sees her and actually decides to land. And he's about to try and land when Olav starts freaking out. And I was like, oh, my God, I knew it. He's a thing. But he's not. 
It's Griggsy who's sitting across from him who turns into a thing in the helicopter. The copter spins out over the mountain ridge and crashes. Now, Mikey, you didn't like this effect? No. Well, the effect was cool, but again, the thing had no reason to show itself right there. No, it should have waited until they were, like, away. It was going to wait till it landed back at the hospital, but if, if they're going to land back at the base, it would have just gotten off the helicopter again because it's, it's, like, primary motivation is to is self-preservation and hiding. Yeah, it's like a virus. Yeah, in the first movie, it wouldn't have changed in the helicopter. They would have gone off and been, like, one of you's a thing, and then it would have started the whole paranoia thing. Yeah. and But instead, the helicopter just, it, it, it's like, oh, we're going to turn around, and then yeah. the helicopter crashes, and I'm like, why would it do that? Yeah, yeah, that makes no sense to me either. I did think the effect was cool, and I hated it. Like, the way the <laughs> face split and, like, apart, and, like, ugh, it was so, so creepy. Yeah, I, I thought it was cool, but the creature's behavior in the first movie is pretty consistent, and then, like, yes. the creatures in this one are just not. So it was, it Agreed. drove me crazy. At, yeah, Agreed. at various points in this movie, the creature is either a stealth assassin or one of the raptors from Jurassic Park. Right? I thought that when he was in the kitchen. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's either or and neither are the same. And it's, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, why would it reveal itself? It would just land and then try to take over another person and like wait till it moves again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what made the first film so scary because it was like, it'll just bury itself in the ice and wait for the rescue team. Yeah, well, and remember, remember in the first one, they have to draw it out. Yeah. It wants to be as stealth as possible. It wants (sighs) to go completely undercover and they have to draw it out. Back at the base, they try to call for help, but there's no answer. None of the radios are working. They're all down. At this point, I wondered if somebody had cut, like if somebody who was the thing had cut their communications already. Yeah, I mean, it could be. Yeah, we don't see it, but that would make sense. That would be its primary motivation for sure, to isolate this place until they can turn everybody or kill everybody and then escape. Right. So they can't reach the helicopter. They also can't reach help on the outside. They don't understand why the helicopter crashed, except for Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who's like, this is not a coincidence. Like, this is bad. Yeah. And she goes back to the bathroom, and now the shower is clean. Yeah, so that means whoever was the thing on the helicopter is not the only thing. Because there's one here still, which I thought was cool. We're dealing with two things, right? That's why it should have been called things. (laughs) With a dollar sign. S with a dollar sign. things in the first one. Yes. We lost four people. They have no helicopter and radio. Uh, They want to call in for outside help, and Dr. Halverson doesn't want them to. And they basically are just like, fuck you and your specimens. Yep. Uh, We're calling for help. Kate, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, basically is the one who says, I don't think that's a good idea. No one can leave because it could be any of us. Yeah. And they're like, you stupid. No. And like, don't listen to her. (laughs) I do think on some level, you're right, Paige. It is because she is a woman. And the main head doctor, Dr. Halverson, is like a huge misogynistic dick. And we already know that because before all the shit hit the fan, he treated her like shit to begin with. Yeah. And remember, this is 1982. I know. Yeah, that's true. And she tells everyone about Henrik's blood cells. She says to Adam, like, you saw them too. And he's like, I don't know what I saw. And I was like, well, I hope you get eaten. And then... (laughs) (laughs) I hope your face gets absorbed into its face. (laughs) Yeah. She tells them about the fillings that she found, because it turns out they're fillings, not teeth, the little bloody things that she found. Yes. And she basically says that this thing can and probably has replicated a person, and it can't copy things that are not organic so it spits them out 
and somebody had cleaned up all the blood. So whatever it is, it's still here. And Dr. Halverson is like, don't freak everyone out. And I'm like, you motherfuckers. And no yeah. one listens to her. They're, they completely ignore her. They're going to go leave. And as everyone's walking out, Juliet, the other woman, comes up to her and is like, hey, I don't know if I should be speaking about this basically like i don't know if this is real like if what i saw is real it's such a good plan though because it's it immediately is. getting you on her side yep uh but she basically is like i saw colin and it looked like he had maybe cleaned up the shower now what we'll find out later is that colin is one of the few people that's never the thing yeah that's really cool it was totally just juliet yeah it was totally yeah. just juliet and so she kind of tries to frame colin and she draws her into like a supply closet to get keys and the second she got her alone i was like oh it's her yeah it's her it's the thing oh my god and so she's looking for keys she's got her back turn she turns around and juliet starts to split into some sort of silent hill character oh shit i hated this so much <laughs> she crushes her with a shelf and runs but leaving the medic so like carl gets eaten by juliet thing yeah and then lars runs in with a flamethrower and burns her alive yeah she stumbles down the hallway and they continue to torture in the kitchen they pull all of the bodies out into the snow and burn all of them at this point she's just like what i fucking tell you it copies us <laughs> like yeah. could be <laughs> any of us it's still among us yeah she's like listen you asshats literally what i said is what is happening please believe me now right oh uh, this just reminds me of like my favorite thing in the first one where kurt russell has the flamethrower and he's like some of you are human or all of you would just jump me right now. Yeah. I just love that scene. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's no equivalent here, but I just wanted to talk <laughs> about that movie some more because I love it so much. Uh, she compares the organism, the thing, to a virus. Yeah. And she's like, well, how do we kill a virus? We quarantine, we isolate, and we kill it. So we need blood samples from everybody. We'll test them all. Lars and I will disable the vehicles. We have to trust in the plan. It's the only way to make it through. But then everyone goes off in groups of two. <laughs> Yeah, it's much like uh, the virus that's attacking all of us right now. We know <laughs> right? what we need to do in order to not get it or to not spread it. But still, amazingly, we can't get anyone to do what they're supposed to do. I know. Well, as you guys, you guys don't know this, but this is actually Dr. Fauci's mother. <laughs> Dr. Fauci, yeah. <laughs> Fun fact, Dr. Fauci is a thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a heads up. Fun fact, Dr. Fauci released a statement today saying that Santa Claus is innately immune to COVID. So don't worry. He can still visit you for Christmas. So we have to hunt him and get his uh, antibodies. <laughs> Fat man better wear a mask. <laughs> <laughs> These cookies are, are filled with hydroxychloroquine. <laughs> <laughs> i mean no one takes it seriously after they see juliet turn into a creature like they're like let's all like break off and go do stuff she's got yes. a sarlacc pit in her chest and no one is worried about it if you think i would never be around everyone you're insane i would demand that we all stay together in a group i would be like we are moving together as a big group to go do everything bathroom go to disable yeah. the vehicles everything all of you are watching me pee for the rest of my life yeah. this is we're <laughs> Never splitting up. That is happening. And then we're all going to get in a helicopter. We're all going to fly to the military base. We're all going to explain what's going on. And then with guns on us, they're going to test us. Yeah, they're going to put us each in solitary and test each one of us yes. until they find out who it is. Yes. And then I'm still always going to look over my shoulder. <laughs> For the rest right. of my life. Yes. Oh. Lars and Kate 
are paired up. Which is weird anyway, because he doesn't speak English. Because he doesn't speak English. Right! Why wouldn't he pair up with a Swede? Here's the thing. He clearly understands. And he, I would say, he kind of beckons her into what looks like a work shed. And at first I was like, bitch, you just got stuck alone with somebody. I know. Why would you do it again? Why are you following somebody again? But he makes it pretty clear almost immediately that he's not the thing because he shows her a full stockpile of grenades that he has and basically tells her where they are and is like, just so you know, when the shit hits the fan, these are here. Not telling anybody else about them, but you and I know about this. Right. Wanky blanky. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Lars is like my favorite character. Lars is my favorite character too. Um, Yes, Paige. So as they're kind of walking out of the workshed, Edward kind of orbs up behind them and is like, we should all go back inside. And he's right. Mm-hmm. He's like, what are you two doing here alone? And yeah, then, yeah. of course, he's by himself. So, you know, he could be right, a thing. Right, right. Yeah. And everybody's like, well, what are you doing by your... And like, oh, my God, this is like Clue. <laughs> <laughs> Flames on the sides of my face. Uh, so <laughs> Burning me as I'm the thing. Yep. As they walk back towards the base, they see two figures walking up in the distance. Right. And it's McCready and Keith David. Just kidding. It's the people pretending to be McCready and Keith David. <laughs> And I have to know how they A, survived a plane crash and B, survived the thing. Like, I need yeah, to know that. we never that. find it out. You guys wouldn't believe what happened. <laughs> and that's we had it. a hell of a time <laughs> getting in here. <laughs> because not only did they survive the plane crash, there was a giant thing in that helicopter. Yes. Yeah. The plane crash was the least of their worries. Or helicopter crash, we should say. And then, like, then, then what's his face? Carter's like, what's going on here? You had it turn into it in your helicopter and you still have questions? Well, here's the other thing is, I think this is why they're like, why are you locking us up? You need us because as soon as they see who it is they immediately lock them up because they're like no one could have survived that crash and here's the thing they're right they shouldn't have survived it is highly suspicious that they survived yes we do find out that they are not things at least right now but we still don't find out how they survived and how that makes any sort of sense right um but they basically say scientists can't handle what we saw and it's and they're like, well, you walked away from an unlivable crash, so we're going to lock you up. We're preparing for a test. We'll figure out who is who. We'll come out and test you. Kate and Lars walk outside after locking them up, and there is a fire in the lab. Everyone yes. runs to the lab where there is a jug of gasoline because someone has torched the lab. Everyone looks at Adam and is like, why are you in this? Shouldn't this be a teen movie? What are you doing here? (laughs) You can't even grow facial hair. We all have beards. Isn't there a cheer camp you should be going to? Uh, You should be infiltrating? For lady times. Anyway, so at this point, everyone's trying to blame Adam, but there's no proof. And Dr. Halverson had an equal opportunity and a number of people. Mary Elizabeth Winstead says, there may be another way to tell. Give me your flashlight. So she has Lars open his mouth and she looks for fillings. Lars has fillings. So we know he's not a thing because the thing can't replicate them. So and this is what I put before the scene was over. As I was like watching, I was taking notes. It just said this would not work for modern day because I don't know about you guys, but all of my dental work is porcelain. So it looks like I have no fillings. (laughs) No, even though I, I fully I only have, have one. I have one that I just got like two years ago and I don't even remember if it was porcelain or not but like I only have one filling and I, I'm like with the other guy I'm like oh could I get to be murdered because I floss yeah you'd be like Adam fun fact I had porcelain fillings put in as a child like when I was much younger oh. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. And the dentist who put them in didn't do them right. And he actually did our whole family. He replaced all of our fillings with porcelain and did them wrong. And if you don't do porcelain fillings correct, they fall out of your mouth and take half your tooth with them. Oh, yeah. good Lord. Okay. I had to get five root canals and crowns in the three months before my wedding to fix what? that dental work. Yes. That is yes. insane. No, I, I was at like the that. dentist every week for three months straight. It was brutal. So we would have seen the metal in your mouth and been like, no, she's cool. No, I mean, I, I have none. It's <laughs> I do love that you just showed us. <laughs> all, all the crowns are porcelain. They match them to the color of your teeth. Go so stand it, over there, wouldn't see it. <laughs> Same. I have porcelain fillings, although mine are great. Go stand over there, yeah. Todd. Uh, but this is this becomes the dividing line where Peter has fillings. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winston has fillings. Adam doesn't because he doesn't have any fillings. Dr. Halverson says he has porcelain fillings. And this made me think he was the thing, but we'll find out later that he's not yet. And one of them just legit doesn't say anything and just walks over to the people Edward. who don't have fillings. Yeah. I was Ooh. like, oh, shit. That's definitely him. Well, and he's the one who orbed up behind Lars and Mary Elizabeth Winston outside. Yeah. And we also find out that Colin doesn't have fillings. So now it's basically four on four. And this is where I think it's Edward says to Dr. Hologram or whatever his name is. (laughs) Dr. Halstead, he says, well, she's in charge now. Yeah. (laughs) She's clever. And now she's in charge. Yeah. He's like. Clever girl. Yeah. Clever girl. Except that she's not so clever because there's four and four and then she sends two of her people to go get the americans right yeah but she should have tied them up like the first thing does all of this so much better yeah yes 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 or torch them all god todd mccready doesn't even do that <laughs> only because they stop him yeah i'm pretty sure he tried after he does a try yeah yeah, yeah 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 uh so lars and game of thrones go out to the shed oh torment torment love that guy the americans are gone they've tunneled out and now they're like we have to find them because they may not be human and lars gets jumped we don't know yeah. by who we don't see it but lars is jumped so Tormund runs back to the base he basically says the americans attacked lars because that's what he thinks he saw I think that's what happened. It's not what happened. Is it not? No, it is what happened because they they stole his flamethrower. Yeah, the Americans do attack him. That's why Lars is alive at the end. They find a flamethrower. But remember, when she asks, he didn't kill Lars. The dog attacked Lars. That's why he's chasing the dog at the end. Because he still has guns and a flamethrower at the end. So they found another flamethrower. They didn't attack Lars at all. Interesting. But, okay. but they don't deny it in this scene, which makes it really weird that they're not like, we didn't do it. I thought they attacked Lars and knocked him unconscious and took the flamethrower. Same. I mean, it, I guess it's possible. But when he says later that they didn't, the only potential would have been the dog. And we do know that the dog is still around. It's so weird. Also, the Americans are like maybe the worst communicators in the whole world. Yeah, they I mean, well, we'll get to it. So so the glass breaks. Now they know that they're inside. No one can find Lars. And Peter has a flamethrower. He's threatening to flamethrower the Americans. 
And the Americans are like, yo, one of y'all is the thing. We're not the thing. You should be flamethrowering them. But at the same time, Edward behind him is like, you should flamethrower the Americans. It's definitely the Americans. And before anyone can decide, Jameson shoots Peter in the head. Well, Peter was walking towards him to flamethrower them. Yes. Like, it is sort of self-defense-y, but very right. sad. I liked Peter. And Peter gets blasted in the face. Yeah, I, I didn't like the way the scene went down. It just yeah. it hurt me. Yeah. And Peter is not the thing. No, he's definitely not, clearly. But they've also managed to, like, nick his flamethrower tank in the melee and the flamethrower is still on. So the hallway explodes, knocking Edward down. Carter and Jameson basically pick him up and drag everybody into the rec room. And they basically say, not all of us are human. Yeah. Mary says that to Carter. Yes. She like whispers it to him because she's pretty sure he's not, which we find out later is because the earring, which is something I noticed in this scene too. Me too. Yeah. And she knows she's not, I guess. So she whispers that to him. So he has that bit of information that is very important. Right. As they're carrying Edward into the rec room, Edward's arms turn into spiders and attack Game of Thrones facehugger style. Oh, God, I hated this. Torment. Torment. No. No. (laughs) But that hand did climb Torment like a tree. It did. It did. I like I the arm breaking off. I hated the CGI, but I liked the scene. I thought it was yeah. cool, too. I also did not think it looked amazing. I wish it had been more practical, but I liked the effect. I thought it was cool. And honestly, a lot of this stuff is not like jump scary, but the body horror, man, is so next level. It really gets me. Yeah, the body horror in this movie is brutal. Yeah. Uh, because at this point, Edward's body shoots like intestine grappling hooks out and gets Adam and gets Jameson and then it grows extra limbs and basically spider walks towards Adam where it then merges with Adam's face and drags him off. At the same time, Tormund is now grafted with the spider arm. So Mary Elizabeth Winstead burns him alive Jameson Jameson is dying, but just like regular dying. But because he's been like thing grappling hooked, they torch him just to be sure. They have to because he definitely would have turned. Like, I I mean, and I sort of like that scene because Carter says goodbye to his Keith David friend. Right. Right. And he's like, sorry, we never got to have that five minute fight in an alley, but maybe next movie. And (laughs) then he like looks at Mary and like gives her the nod. He's like, do it. We have to do it. It's, It's a nice little sad moment. Yeah. At this point, I questioned where has Dr. Halverson been this entire time? Oh, we find out, though. Thank you. The movie answered it immediately Yeah, (laughs) uh, because he's been hiding and Colin is also hiding. Uh, So Carter and Mary Elizabeth Winstead are walking through the hallways and basically they just say we find it and we kill it. Yeah. And the lights go out. We hear Dr. Halverson scream (sighs) and Mary Elizabeth Winstead's like, Oh, yeah, that sounds like that Dr. Halverson asshole. Keep walking. (laughs) Yes, he's dead now. (laughs) I love that, though, because it's clear Mary does not like him and shouldn't because he's a dick. And all of this is his fault. So she's like, well, at least he's out of the way. And he's toast. Uh, They do find some mini spider hands on the wall and they burn them. Well, because he axes them in half. I thought this was cool, too. So it splits into two and then you see it reconnect. Then she flamethrowers it. And he goes Uh to pick up the axe that was stuck into the wall. And she's like, and she says, don't touch it. Exactly. Yeah. Because she knows if that blood gets in your blood, you're toast. Yep. 
So they walk into a room with a bunch of maps and blueprints. Carter accidentally makes a noise. And as they do, the thing comes crashing through the window, two-headed and ready to party. Yeah, it's like Adam and uh, Edward, right? Yes, it's Adam and Edward. Uh, Carter takes (laughs) off running into the kitchen. And this is where... All of a sudden, this is not the thing. It's Jurassic Park, and he's hiding in the kitchen, and it's basically the scene from Jurassic Park with the raptors, and he has a knife as if that's going to make any kind of fucking difference. Like, bring a toothpick to a machine gun fight. (laughs) Yeah. So useless. Uh, He backs into the pantry. It charges toward him, and just in time, Mary Elizabeth Winstead hits it with the flamethrower. It crashes through the wall behind Carter into the snow, where they torch it again. And at this point, we're kind of like at the end of the original movie where everything is on fire. They see Dr. Halverson run out in a snow cat. Yeah. And they decide that they have to go after him because if he makes it out of here, millions of people could die. They restart a snow cat with a full can of gasoline and grenades and flares and head out after him. This is when in the snow cat, she says, what happened to Lars? And he says, we didn't kill him. Which I thought implied they didn't even attack him because they're in a different part of the base. But it's not 100% clear. Uh, maybe they just knocked him unconscious. Yeah. Me too, and took his flamethrower. Yeah, but I mean, you're, it could be either or. I honestly it have no idea. It could be either or. And the only reason I think it's either or is because when we find him later, he's hunting a thing. So yeah. like, yes. I thought maybe he got entangled into something else. So they find the other snowcat and stop. It's we can part- all agree that the better movie would be following Lars, right? Oh, yeah. Y- yes. They find the other snowcat and stop in front of it. It's parked near the entrance to the dig for the ship. They climb back down. The hatch is open on the top of the spaceship. The ship powers up as they stand on it, and they run across it, tripping as the vents open. Kate falls inside, but she is alive. She lights a lantern. Carter jumps down the inside hatch, flamethrower at the ready, into what is essentially a ripoff Aliens? H.R. Giger. Yeah, like Giger's designs. Geiger, Giger. I think it's Giger. 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 There's a weird shiny device in the middle of the ship that's all blue and yellow pixels constantly rearranging into new formations and it is never explained. This is the Minecraft water I referenced earlier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, As she's looking at it, we see tentacles behind her and clearly the thing is right there. It knocks her to the ground instead of just eating her immediately, which makes no sense. Right? He slaps her, which is dumb. Why? Dumb. I don't know. She crawls into a vent where it can't quite reach her, but it sends it spiny dick arms after her (laughs) and the grenade is just out of reach but then the creature seems to run away we don't know what made it run away but it seems to run away she reaches for the grenade grabs it and just as she does it blasts through the wall behind her and grabs her yanking her back again not just eating her immediately as it's done with everybody else but like yanking her back. Yeah, like yanks her back into the big chamber she ran off of after she got slapped down to the ground. And this part (laughs) is insane to me because she, A, as a scientist, knows how to use a grenade perfectly. She pulls the pin and then also has the arm of like Joe Montana from this time period, right? (laughs) Because it goes like spiraled into the open mouth of the alien. Right. Which I thought was insane. I I mean, listen, I get that she may have gotten lucky, million to one shot, Doc, I promise. But like that seemed insane to me. But also... She's at such close range. That explosion would have killed her, too. Well, she starts running away. And I did sort of like this because the thing, 
Well, we should say Joel Egerton, who comes in, I think is currently already a thing, right? So yeah, she definitely. like runs past him and he's like, oh shit, are we leaving? Yeah. So he starts running after her and then the thing explodes. Right, right, right. Yeah. So they make it back to the snowcat and she says, what do we do now? And he says, there's a Russian station 50 miles from here. We should have enough gas. We're going to make it back okay. I noticed before she said anything that he's missing an earring. Yeah. Me too, yeah. You guys noticed that? I was yep. like, yes. what? I didn't even know he had an earring until she had this whole conversation. I even noticed it was in the wrong ear too. Yes, Because I yes, was like, yes. it, as he was sitting and they were the shot, the way the shot was set up, is looking over his shoulders to see her. And I would be like, we should see the earring in that yep. ear. And then when she calls him on it, he grabs the other ear. Yep, yep, And she's yep. like, it was your other ear. Now, here's here's why I noticed the earring is because in the beginning of the movie, when I thought he might be McCready, I was like, did McCready have an earring? And I was like questioning it. And then when it wasn't him, I was like, oh, well, then this dude just has an earring. And then when he didn't have it, I was just like, where's your fucking earring? Oh, like, he's gone full McCready. <laughs> Which, okay, the fillings and stuff kind of started off lame, but this scene kind of pays all that off because I was like, oh, that's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. liked all the fillings and stuff. I thought that was a very cool lo-fi way to do it. I have no problems with that. In fact, I've got some cool fun facts about it after where it actually nice. pays off more than you even think. Cool. Uh, so she confronts him about it. He he pulls the wrong ear. He's like, let's talk about this. Talk to me. And she just torches him alive immediately. Yeah. He, he makes thing noises. Yeah. Yeah. So he is the thing. Like, because I do sort of like that. You're like, mm, he might not be. He might have just lost his earring in the, in the struggle. But, but it's in, the in wrong my mind, ear. He would have known know. what ear it was. Yeah. That's true. That's true. But listen, even if he was human, I would forgive her for this. She's been Whoa. through a lot. <laughs> Everybody makes mistakes. <laughs> and she likes her mistakes medium rare. <laughs> but she hops in the other snowcat, but it doesn't have a full tank of gas. And she has no idea where she's going. She doesn't know where the Russian base is. The only place she could go back to is their base if yeah. she makes it, where she knows that there might still be things there. Yeah. Or she is going to die of exposure. So either way, she's toast she's yes. basically dead and she's the lone survivor so when anyone arrives there to ask what happened like they're going to believe that she did not just kill everybody so oh, that's true yeah well that swedish space has a lot of disfigured bodies it does i think that's the one thing that saves her but at this point we get the credits yes. now this is where i was yes furious Paige, it was directed by and it didn't go into the next movie i was like fucking furious yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> when she just gets starts the snowcat was like directed by so and so i was like what you say yes i was like you <laughs> motherfuckers but then it cuts back from the credits to a helicopter arriving at the now charred norwegian base and i was like oh thank god uh they see the charred corpses they see that colin has killed himself like we saw in the original with the like slit wrists slit throat and it's all frozen yeah then we see somebody shoot at the helicopter and it's lars and lars is immediately like open your mouth and so we know that Lars is not a thing because he's checking people. Yeah. It's a very strange way to greet somebody, though. Yeah. The other guy's got fillings. And then the dog streaks past the helicopter. Paige, that's no dog. That's no dog. I the love that. The helicopter takes off, flies after the dog. We cut to the opening scenes of the original film. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the movie. The movie. Roll credit. All right. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, give me your final thoughts. I hate it worse than I did an hour and a half ago. <laughs> Paige, how do you feel about it? I wanted to like it. Okay. I did too, Paige. Because 
I love The Thing. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. And two is even better than one. I was really, really rooting for this movie and really hoping that it would do well. I didn't have high expectations, but I was like, maybe it could be good. I don't know. And it was not. I am pretty frustrated with the movie. I'm actually more frustrated since I know the things that were cut or changed in this movie. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to hearing that. So I'm... I'll probably never watch it again. (laughs) I'm I'm with Paige. Yeah, so honestly, same, fully same. I'll never watch this movie again, but I honestly don't think I've revisited any movie we've done outside the horror comedies. Those I have watched again. I will say that this movie was like, oh, I should watch The Thing again. Yeah, no, agreed. I don't think I have as much love and reverence for the original as you two do, and I, I do sort of wonder if the fact that you loved the original Thing, which I will agree is a much better movie than this, if that made you like this less than you would have if it this was not called the thing it was not a connected universe if it was just like a standalone horror movie that was like this would you like it better i thought about that that was actually my thought at the beginning of the movie because as i was starting it i thought this is probably not going to be very scary for me because i already know it's the thing I know what to expect. I know the rules of this world. This is not going to be scary. And the more that we got into it, I mean, now granted, this movie ends up being almost shot for shot the thing. Yes. Uh, And if it hadn't been, if it had some different plot points and maybe it wasn't the thing and it was a completely different creature feature, I think I would have liked it more. Me too. But I think, like, if nothing changed about this movie except that it wasn't called The Thing, I think I would have come out of it being like, did they just steal The Thing? Yeah. They would have still had to, like, change something about it for me to watch it on its own merits. I don't think I would have thought it would was better than the original. I think I no, would have thought no. that it was by somebody who liked the original. Paige, you're right. You would have to change the plot of this movie because it is beat for beat the original thing. Yeah. So if they changed the like title and it wasn't a connected universe, you'd be like, oh, someone's going to sue somebody because this is yes. just a remake of the thing. Yeah, it's but, just the thing. But if they yeah. had changed it enough to where it wasn't a fully just ripped off the original The Thing and it wasn't called The Thing. I think I would have liked it. Me too. Here's the thing. If you want to think of it this way, Alien is similar but different enough. And I like Alien too. So like, I think for me, this type of a movie is so much in my wheelhouse and I love it. So if you made a different enough version of it that was different, I'm here for it. Yeah. The major problem with Alien and The Thing is that they're not just horror films, like good horror films, like they're amazing films overall and it transcends the genre where like, they're like fantastic films period like aliens had to go over the top to make a good i love aliens though right (laughs) yeah i love aliens but like you had to get james cameron and you had to throw a ton of money at it and they retooled it it wasn't like the same kind of horror film as the first one i think about it like terminator as well and and yeah i i am probably in the minority of considering the original terminator a slasher but same thing where you have a, a sequel that succeeds because it kind of changes the rules of the universe a little bit. Yes. yes. I mean, if it wasn't related to the thing, I would still not like it because the CGI looks terrible. But yes, uh, yes. Yeah. I would give it more of a pass if I wasn't also picturing the practical effects that could have been. Right. But the original thing is like a great, an amazing score, like an Oscar worthy score. It's like Oscar worthy, well written. It's like great acted. Like the paranoia is real. 
I mean, this movie just doesn't hit any of those notes. The reason I asked that question, though, is I think I like this movie less because it is a reminder of how great the thing was. Yes. And if you divorced it enough that I wasn't remembering how awesome the original yes, thing was. I agree. I probably would like this movie more. I mean, honestly, yes. I still would never watch this movie again because it's it's scary and I don't like scary stuff. But I can recognize that they were aiming at something that is such a good movie and they missed the mark by so much that I dislike the movie more because of that attempt. I, right. I think if it was not related to the thing, it would still just be a mediocre horror. Film. Same. I mean, ultimately, we were saying had they made a better movie, it would have been better. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. What about a sequel where they global warming, ice caps are melting, they find another ship, a crew is sent in, but then they send in someone else. An old Kurt Russell named McCready. <laughs> oh, yes! <laughs> I'm on board for that movie. Okay, let me yeah. sell you my sequel. They receive a distress call. They go to the original base where they find that Kurt Russell has survived. Only it's not Kurt Russell. It's the thing. And he's now the villain hunting everyone in the rescue crew. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'd watch that. I'd watch that, too. So, Paige, do you have some fun facts for us? I do. Hit us with your fun facts. We'll start with the more fun of the fun facts. Okay. Um, so, let's start out with the fillings. Yeah. This film actually solves a long-standing mystery from the original film. Because the thing cannot replicate inorganic things, fillings, earrings, clothes, etc. And at the end, we realize that Carter's earring has vanished, revealing him to be a thing. Yeah. And at the end of the 1982 film, the character of Childs, Keith David's character, has his earring in his right ear. Oh, so he's oh. not a thing. So he's not a thing. And it Yay! can be seen just before he takes a drink of the bottle of J&B, which would probably kill him because it was full of kerosene, potentially. But yeah. this suggests that McCready might be the thing at the end of the oh. first movie. Oh. Oh my not God. my McCready. <laughs> Hashtag not my McCready. That just, it sets up my amazing sequel where he kills yes, the rescue crew. So two of the producers that worked on this movie and helped kind of shepherd this movie through development actually are also responsible for making the Dawn of the Dead remake in 2008. Oh, okay. Also pretty much think it's trash, but that's that's besides the point. Oh, it, really? Yeah, I mean, compared to the original. Anyway, but it was a hit. It made a lot of money. So after they made that movie, Universal offered them their entire library to find other properties to work on and remake. And at the time, Universal owned the rights to the thing, and they were both huge fans, and Universal wanted them to remake the thing. Ah, And okay. they said... We don't want to remake the thing because remaking it would be, quote, and they've said this in interviews, like painting a mustache on the Mona Lisa. So we don't want to remake it. So yeah. we'll do a prequel. So as they started developing the prequel, they did uh, attach Mary Elizabeth Winstead. She had just finished filming Scott Pilgrim, I think, at this okay. point. Because this comes out right after. So she actually insisted that the film wouldn't feature any romantic or sexual elements with her character because she thought it would be inappropriate. And as we know about the original movie, there's no women, there's no sexual yeah. anything in the original movie. Yeah. And I think what she wanted was the same treatment. Yeah, that's the right call. That's a good I think call so by too. her. Yeah. I think the same thing goes for Ripley. And in yeah. them looking at this film, they didn't want her to try and have to compete with Kurt Russell's portrayal of McCready, who is a fan favorite. Oh, yeah. So instead, they wrote her character to resemble Ripley. Yeah. So that's why this movie has such a, a heavy Ripley energy. In the scene where they're celebrating finding an alien, 
they're all singing a song in yeah. Norwegian. Someone's playing a ukulele too. Someone's playing a ukulele and it's a 1980 Eurovision song. I don't know if you know about the Eurovision <laughs> dance or song um, contest. Yeah. Natalie loves the movie Eurovision. We've watched yes. it probably four times together and she's watched it probably 25 times on her own. Yes. It's worth seeing. Yeah. Anyway, oh, yeah. Th- I, that's how I learned about it. So this, they're playing a Norwegian song that won two years prior to when the movie is set. That's amazing. Well done. But man. it's it's like a Easter egg that you would like have to know. Yeah. So the song that Mary Elizabeth Winstead is listening to on her headphones when she's doing that initial dissection and scope in her office when they come meet her is Who Can It Be Now by Men at Work. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that came out the year before the movie is set. So that that makes sense. But this is also the only scene in anything property that takes place outside of Antarctica, including the video games. Uh, the filmmakers, as they were rebuilding the Norwegian base, didn't have blueprints from the original. So what they did is they took Kurt Russell's height because they know that he is between 5'10 and 5'11. Oh, my God. And then took shots from the movie and then calculated where he his eye line would be as an estimate for how big the sets would have to be to faithfully recreate the camp from the original Holy movie. Holy shit, that's From the awesome. scene from where he's walking around the burned out camp? Yes. Oh, that's crazy. Which is why it's almost shot for shot that camp. They do do a great job of that, even the smallest details, yeah. including the axe that Joel Edgerton leaves in the wall because that can actually be seen in the original version when the Americans walk through the camp. Oh. That axe is still in the wall. I do feel like they did watch that scene and they like, okay, here is the beats of the story we have have to hit right because that's what we already know happened based on the original one i like that they use that as canon yeah where they they have to hit the helicopter and the dog they have to have the melted ice block they have to have colin who has tried to kill himself and it's frozen yeah they have to have the axe and they have to have the two-headed corpse which is the one that they burn in the snow in this movie and the one that they find in the first movie yes in the dvd commentary Somebody jokes that it's the dog thing props from the original thing that she's dissecting. But again, we don't have confirmation of that. Okay. So let's get into how this was a completely different film. I'm so excited about this. Yeah, I want to hear all about this, Paige. So the director had such a negative experience working with the film because of constant studio interference that he stopped making movies for 10 years after this movie. He just now like started his more like his next project he's been making films in norway right now but he has vowed to never work with an american studio again wow the film's creature effect were filmed entirely with cable operated animatronic robots and puppets with a full team of puppeteers because the director insisted that it would improve performances of the cast and because of the original and they had done it pretty convincingly however After the initial test screenings, even though it screened well, the studio required them to paint over every single animatronic with CG models created by a completely different effect supervisor. The original effect supervisor was furious because none of their designs survived. And they had worked on those animatronics for months. 
And they basically were like, well, if you were going to do this, we could have just stayed home. And as kind of a like a fuck you to the studio, the director in Norway worked on a movie in 2015 and demanded only practical effects, basically to just like, fuck this. I'm not doing any CGI. You can all fuck yourselves. Yeah. The film was originally set for release April 15th, 2011, but the studio demanded such extensive reshoots, including all new CGI effects and completely re-editing scenes and plot points to try and get a PG rating, which they do not have. It is an R movie, including an entirely different climax and resolution to the film. What? Yes. Because of this, the film had to be pushed back to October to allow more time for reshoots, and it was finished just two weeks before opening, and this was mostly due because the studio got copies of the film and kept having them recut it. That's insane. The director has been very public about it and stated on his Facebook fan site that in his original end of the movie, when Kate gets into the ship where that Minecraft column is, that was supposed to be the pilot of the ship, another alien, like a different alien. So that's not the thing's ship. Much like aliens or the later alien prequels yeah the thing stowed away on that ship and killed that guy so she finds that body and that the tetris like structure was basically there to just cover that up because the idea was vetoed by the studio but they had already shot all those scenes why that's so cool yeah 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 yeah, that would have been awesome it makes more sense because the because th- yes. I'm always like, well, the thing does try to build a spaceship in the first one, but I mean, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. I'm always like, how can this thing fly? Right, and it makes more sense that it's just like a parasite. Right now, the only reason they agreed to the yellow and blue thing is because they were like, well, it looks like a map, so maybe we can argue it's a map, and that's where the thing's going to go next. Uh, but in the final cut, it's never explained. But originally, that was supposed to be essentially the base before the Norwegian base, if you want to think of it that way. Yeah. It's a, another group of people who got killed by the thing because he was on their ship. Man, that's so much cooler than what happened to this movie. It is. And it makes so much more sense. Yes. So, like, the one thing I will say, I think we see too much of the thing in this movie no matter what. CGI or not. Practical effects or CGI. There's a lot of it in daylight. And it's kind of, you know, again, it's like a raptor in Jurassic Park. And I think that's definitely something you could argue. But I think you can also look at Aliens where we finally see the queen for the first time. And that's kind of what they're going for. And I think the CGI ruins it. I think the extensive recutting ruins it. And I think that we maybe, if they had let the director do what he wanted instead of fucking with it, we might have had a much better thing prequel movie. So, yeah. That just makes me sad. I know. I know. It makes me furious. Paige, thank you for your fun facts. We appreciate yes, that you. as yes. always. Wait, hold on. I've been working on my Macho Man impression to like bring on the podcast. Ooh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's been going well. I'll be like that. <clears throat> Hit me with it, brother. Do you think the Hulk can take me in the squared circle? <laughs> I'm the cream of the crap. Oh, That's geez. honestly pretty great, but this the, the color of red your face is turning is concerning <laughs> me. <laughs> no, I've been working on it. I've been working on it. And, you have uh, a I level like of face well. veins that make me worry that you're the thing. <laughs> I do think it's funny that you say you've been working on it. Like, I just want to see you driving to work in your car like, oh, yeah, brother, <laughs> fully alone. 
<laughs> no, it's, it's 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 at work. They're like, hey, can you fix my timesheet? I'm like, fix your timesheet. Why can't you clock in on time? Oh, that's so real. That's so real to my life. I have a sketch comedy sketch I need to shoot with you where you are <laughs> office macho man Randy Savage. <laughs> Middle management Randy Savage. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. So bone up on your Your impression. yearly review will reflect this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what happens when dreams don't come true. Okay. <laughs> So, are you guys ready for some box office? I actually, yeah. I know some of the box office because I okay. found it in my deep dive. So sure, I yeah, will absolutely. Abstain. All right, Mikey, it's me and you, baby. Lock it in. So, what do you think the budget was for this movie? Thirty-five million. I'm going for it. Okay, you're a little bit off. Very close, though. Thirty-eight million dollars. Oh, that's super close. Yeah, that's a super close guess. Yeah, that's a super close guess. I feel like I've gotten really better at box office stuff lately, so I'm feeling great. So it came out October fourteenth, two thousand eleven. As Paige sort of alluded to, supposed to come out in April, actually came out in October. It was uh, third the weekend it came out, so it didn't do too poorly. It was beaten by Real Steel, Footloose. Of course, it was the thing. Next to it, or number four was The Ides of March, and number five was Dolphin Tail. <laughs> it, I mean, that means this movie was shit, because those movies are terrible. Yeah, so Real Steel that, <laughs> Real Steel that won the weekend was in its second week out, and it made $16 million. Footloose made $15 million. The Thing made four point, almost $5 million. <laughs> the weekend it came out, uh, it went on to make... 16 almost 17 million dollars like 16.999 million dollars almost 17 million and then internationally it made 10.5 million dollars for a total of 27.5 million dollars on a 35 million dollar budget now what may save this a little bit is the extra 10 million dollars it made in the home market like dvd and blu-ray sales but it did not do great guys it means it broke even at best yeah, and yeah, that's if you best. don't include the marketing budget, which you really should because that is expensive. Yep. So they probably spent probably $10 million, if not more, on marketing alone. So they probably have now broken even on this movie, but it has taken so long for it to do that. Yeah. To put it in perspective, and I know we covered this on episode 34, which was our original thing episode. It was about a $10 million budget, but it grossed $13.7 million in the theaters. Which is, uh, if you adjust for inflation, is like $42 million. But it made a lot, a lot of money in domestic DVD and Blu-ray sales, VHS sales, rentals, all of that stuff. So the thing yeah, made quite a leg. bit more money than this. Yeah. And then this movie had terrible reviews, right? So did the original. That's something yeah. that nobody yeah, right. remembers. So the, original. the original had terrible reviews as well. And I think that kind of bred a distaste for the movie at the time that people have now revisited and changed their mm -hmm. opinion of. Because it's great. It really is great. I hope they never watch it again because that uh, clear scene where he's trying to like revive God. that guy and it's, oh, his, his chest and it opens, opens apart up. and closes. That broke me on a visceral level. <laughs> Paige, it's probably the most fun I've had watching a movie with Todd. I, oh. Here's the thing. I love showing people the thing, and I tell yeah, them right? nothing. I tell them nothing before they watch it. That's very similar to what Mikey did to me, that bastard. So yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, he's dead. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so let's do the scary scale, Mikey. Oh, yeah. Scary scale, listeners, scale one to ten of how scary we, we felt the film was at the time of watching it. Uh, our one example is Ghostbusters. Our ten example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's not a rating of quality, just of how scared we were at the time. Todd, tell me first. I'll go four, because it was scary. There are some tense moments. 
it didn't have as many jump scares, I feel like, as the original, and that's what really gets me. But the body horror, even though some of it looks ridiculous, got me in a very visceral way. So I'm going to give it a four. Paige? I think I'm going to go one. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Paige, I'm also going to go one. Okay, good. Wow. I was debating whether or not I should bump it for the body horror, but because the CGI was so bad, I, I it's not the original. The original is still terrifying yes. with those practical effects. I would give the original probably a three or a four, and this one, no, it's a one. It, I like If yeah. I can just sit and take notes in, during something without even flinching, it's a one. So to put it into perspective, this is where we gave the scary scale for the original thing. I gave the original thing a seven. That makes sense. On a first viewing, I get yes. that. Yeah. Yeah. It was so scary. Mikey, you gave it a six. On a repeat viewing? Yeah, yeah, that movie still is scary. It holds yeah. up. I don't know that we, I would give it a six, but I it definitely holds up. It's it's got legs. It still scares yeah. me now. That's one of the few movies that I truly enjoy as a horror film that I still have nightmares about sometimes. Oof, yeah. So guys, if you enjoyed this episode, go back and watch the original thing and then listen to episode 34. And it was Mikey's first episode as a full-time host. There you go. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I have a review. You guys ready? Yeah. So while you're uh, while you're looking over that review to make sure it's not going to make you blush like that one on Romance in the Pod <laughs> did, let me tell them how they can have their review read on the podcast, and that is simply to leave us a five star text review. That way, Mikey has something to read and have a little fun with, and then we'll read it on the podcast. It's that simple. So, Mikey, who is it from? Uh, Joe, but not Rogan. <laughs> That's a great name. That's a very clever name. Yeah. Uh, the title of this uh, review is Favorite Podcast. Oh. And he would like me to read it in a Southern gentleman's voice. Oh, I do picked. declare. I do <clears throat> declare. Well, I do declare. <laughs> <clears throat> Absolutely love this podcast. As a horror thriller writer, it always interests me how, why people get scared. The dynamic between Todd Mikey and Paige is Stella. Stella! <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like this is the one and only impression Mikey can do. <laughs> this is the one that's requested the most. They're like, do Southern Gentleman, do Confederate Queasy Board. I'm like, I just renamed the same accent over and over yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad I don't have to do this. They would just all be Mike Myers' mom from So I Married an Axe Murder. <laughs> I love that impression you do of her. Um, I will say this. If you want to request Paige read your review, we are yeah, open I'm to down that. with that. <laughs> I've got, other, I've got Dexter's Laboratory and the mom from So I Married an Axe Murderer, and that's about where our list ends. Uh, the listeners also like when I do my impression of Todd. I don't like it. but Do they you have don't. enough sweatshirts for that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody, I'm Todd. Ooh, it's laundry day, so I'm only wearing three shirts. <laughs> Ooh, button down over a How did this go from a five-star review to a rag on Todd segment? Five stars. It should be seven. I need more layers of stars. <laughs> Finish the review, Mikey. Finish the review, Mikey. <laughs> I had some hard times in my early 20s. We, we, we've been yeah, there, been there, baby. Yeah. And as dumb as it sounds, movies like Final Destination 1 and 2 <laughs> helped me through. Great podcast for anyone who wants in-depth conversation where it gets real or just cracking jokes with good friends. <laughs> I enjoyed this mint julep. But no, you know, no one's asked for a macho man yet. You got to leave it some of the macho man. <laughs> 
I might. Well, thank you so much, Joe, but not Rogan, for that awesome five-star review. And if you guys want to have your review run on the podcast, leave us that five-star review. So this week, you guys made me watch The Thing prequel. What are you guys making me watch next week? So next week, we're going to be watching Better Watch Out. Now, I've never seen it. Me neither. But okay. I watched the trailer, and I was like, I will watch a horror Christmas movie that I've never seen just based on the trailer. The trailer looked in- entertaining. I'm down. But if there's questionable content, it's not my fault. Because <laughs> you have not seen it, right? I yes, have not seen correct. it either, and Paige, I'm assuming, you haven't seen it either. I haven't. So Better Watch Out is available on Prime Video. I just searched it. And it's also available yes. to rent on a bunch of platforms. So you guys Ooh. can watch it that way. You might own it or might have seen it before. But next week, your homework is to watch The 2016 Better Watch Out. So we are a member of the Consequence Podcast Network. And if you would check out their other podcasts at consequenceofsound.net. Or if you want to check out our stuff, we are at horrorvirgin.com. And if you want to help financially support the show, please do by going to patreon.com slash horrorvirgin, where there's literally hours of bonus audio and video content, listener requests like you were able to participate in to pick what movie we're doing next, all that kind of stuff. So guys, check out the Patreon. And if you can't help financially support the show, but still want your daily free Horror Virgin content, go to the Facebook group. And it's like 1,500 people hanging out, talking about horror, having a good time, supporting each other. It's a great, really welcome community. It's awesome we won't sew you up into a bear suit and then set you on fire we promise we will (laughs) if you like this power thruple and you want to hear us talk about romantic movies check out our other podcast romancing the pod page is also on cult podcast and black card rehab and if you want to follow our show on social we are at horror virgin we are all available individually on socials as well Paige is at rampage wesley everywhere but twitter where she is at Paige wesley mm-hmm. mikey is at m randolph 24 and i am at todd j awesome everywhere so follow us this episode was brought to you by nick, nick b. b see nick b fun fact his yeah. earring is actually organic so <laughs> <laughs> what is an organic earring i think it's just your ear lobe <laughs> Well, Nick B, hopefully you'll never have to go to Antarctica. This episode also brought to you by Ori. And Ori did a great thing. We were on this alien ship together, and she uh, killed the alien with the best sort of quarterback throw from across the room into its (laughs) mouth. And then we ran out together, and it seems like she's just going to drive us to the next Russian base, so we'll be fine. Although my earring fell off on the way out, and I hope it doesn't come back to hurt me. (laughs) Ori, please don't kill me with your flamethrower. So this episode also brought to you by Brandon's Bug Store. (laughs) Which is not the name of it, but he does sell spiders, scorpions, centipedes, millipedes, and other peds. And all of their inventory information can be found at Bug Cage Company on Facebook. Bug Cage, two separate words. Well, I guess company. So it's it's three words, but never mind. It's on Facebook. Google it. You'll find it. Uh-huh. <laughs> we now return you to another episode of uh, The, the Patrioticals. Uh, welcome, welcome back. Yeah. All right. So Scott's the mayor of Shangri-La. Okay. Is he a juggalo? He is. <laughs> great, 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 cool. And also they only drink sangria at Sangrilla. That checks out, actually. Okay. Yeah. Scott is uh, a juggalo who is very wise. Yeah, I mean, they all are. <laughs> yes, and so he was like, Kate, we've heard rumors of your prowess, of your telekinesis abilities for so long. You were like a chosen one or whatever. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm just a person. You know, she's very humble. She's very, she is very humble. I mean, that is true. <laughs> she's a very sweet, humble person. I know Kate. 
But then and then he goes to the next one. He's like, Tristam, you're like a robot cyborg person with feelings deep inside who are programmed in. We've heard a lot about your progress. You're a chosen one. He's like, what does not compute? <laughs> <laughs> Emotion does not compute. I, I do love that Like, we're going to get Scott sort of explaining Wizard of Oz style every character. I love this. I love where this is going. And for your and bravery. <laughs> and then he goes to Eddie and he's like, Eddie, you can talk to mammals. We've heard about that. You're you're a chosen one too. And then like Kate's like, wait, he's like, are you just like saying all this? He's like, shush. <laughs> <laughs> and for your ability to eat people whenever you want, you're also no, a chosen one. <laughs> <laughs> They're in a different place. They're in a different place. Sasha's there, and Sasha's a behavior analyst. Are you sure? <laughs> Scott, <laughs> no. <laughs> Scott's like, Sasha, you're a behavior analyst, which hasn't come out a lot in the Patreonicals, but it will soon. We need your help. <laughs> we need your help immediately analyzing behavior <laughs> to help us stop the Illuminati. You're the actual chosen one. This was all a ruse to get to this part of the joke. <laughs> Did you just wow. give someone your it. job and call them the chosen one? <laughs> she chose it. She, she cho- <laughs> this is like me if I'm like, you help customers sometimes. You're the chosen one. <laughs> <laughs> so Scott was like, we're the free city, Shangri-La. And then like everybody was like, was this the name of the city or did you rename it? He's like, whoop, whoop. Yeah, we renamed it. Whoop, whoop. And what we don't know, because he hasn't talked about it yet, is... He's saying this in full juggalo clown makeup. Yes, of course he is. <laughs> He's got shaggy two dopes paint. <laughs> yes. Scott was like, Tristan, we need you to analyze the data. And Sasha, you analyze the data so we can find weakness to attack the Illuminati. So that's what we're working on this week. And that's that group. And they're at Shangri-La. Isaac, Evil Matthew, Karun, and Dave uh, have landed the sailing ship of Dave's skin at uh, the Horn of Africa. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. The yeah. Horn. Yeah. And they're like, we need a plan or whatever. And then like Dave's body's coming back together. And he's like, guys, this is really mean. Please stop tearing my body apart and using me for things. <laughs> stop MacGyvering my flesh and eating of my body, please. <laughs> And Karun is like, yeah, I think I should have gone with the other group on that like big helicopter thing that they built because yeah. this has just been real not. <laughs> They've fun. been in Shangri-La for two episodes, and these people have been in a dinghy in the ocean for three. Yeah, they made the wrong call. So, but over in the Horn of Africa, the Sunny D virus outbreak is still going on. Um, there's zombies everywhere. Isaac uh, eats a bunch of zombies in an ironic twist. <laughs> Does that make him sick though? No. Okay. Because <laughs> if a zombie bites you, you turn into a zombie. If you eat a zombie, you're just full for the day. And then Evil Matthew, he killed some with, he has some switchblades. Like, he found some earlier that I didn't mention. <laughs> Naturally. He just really likes the movie The Outsider. Right. <laughs> so anyway, they, they make a plan. and They're like, okay, we need to get to a city. Like, this is super boring. Yeah. Just killing zombies in the countryside. And Karun's like, I hate this planet so much. <laughs> Like so, I so just want to go home so bad. <laughs> and they, well, they they find a, a truck that's driving along with survivors, and um, I, Isaac uh, picks up Dave and throws Dave underneath the truck to like stop the truck. They could have waved it down. Why is that his first move? <laughs> and then Dave screams slowly as he died because he, he like didn't die immediately from being hit by the truck. So the, the truck stopped, and anyway, they 
they took the truck from those people and killed them. <laughs> wow. Things are getting out of hand with this group. This escalated so, pretty fast. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, they're headed to an airport. All right, cool. Wait, are we going to find out that Scott has something sinister planned in Shangri-La? When is Dave going to get real mad at the rest of his group for killing him every episode? What is a juggle? <laughs> <laughs> find out next week on another episode of uh, The, the Patreonicals. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. Yeah, Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin Todd, guys. Keep it oogie spooky. Mm, have an amazing week. Bye. Bye. My thing sequel is like they just find a a, a a a UED and they're like, oh my god, what's a UED? Unexplained explosive device or? Oh wait, wait, what's the, what's the birth control device you put inside you? Oh my god, Mikey, it's an IUD. <laughs> I always mix it up with IUD. Mikey is single, <laughs> ladies. We'll see I you next week. <laughs> Who needs? <laughs> Consequence Podcast Network.